You're listening to the IQVIA podcast, where we discuss ways to drive innovation in healthcare. Welcome to this edition of our IQVIA podcast series on the NHI and the planned healthcare reform in South Africa. Today, we are welcoming Professor Zan Harris from the private sector as our guest. Roseanne is currently the Head of Policy and the Regulatory Affairs at Discovery Health Medical Scheme. She is also a adjunct professor lecturing in actuarial science in the postgraduate program at the University of Wits. Thank you, Professor Roseanne, for taking the time to spend with us this, on this important and complicated topic. To start us off, Professor, does South Africa need healthcare system reform? If so, why? Yeah, well, that's definitely a resounding yes. Um, we we have massive inequality in access to healthcare uh, in the population in South Africa. So we definitely need to focus our efforts on making sure that everyone has access to quality healthcare services. I mean, it's important from a societal perspective, but it's also critical from uh, an economic perspective. It's a key component of growing our economy, which is, of course, then to the benefit of, uh, of, of everyone. So, yes, definitely. And, uh, and when we talk about health reform, we need to make sure that, uh, that we have a health system that's working for, for everyone and that we're making the best use of the resources that we have in both the public and the private healthcare sectors at the moment. Thanks for that, uh, Rosanna. And I fully agree um, from my perspective that there they needs to be some change. And we, we've been hearing about the NHI since 1994. And it's been a very long time to wait for such a change in South Africa. What would you say is the biggest challenges this far? And what do you see as the biggest challenges going forward to get it implemented in South Africa? Yeah, you're right. It's been a very long road. Uh, I mean, we were initially um, the 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 work and the healthcare reform from from 1994 was around uh, a social health insurance uh, uh, system, which then in in 2008 pivoted to this national health insurance framework, um, which we've then uh, uh, deliberated on. And um, and as you say, even that has been a long road. We had a green paper that was published back in 2011. We've had two white papers, two bills, and we're still uh, deliberating. Um, and it is rather frustrating that we're deliberating instead of delivering um, healthcare. So I think what needs to uh, uh, to change is uh, is that spirit of uh, collaboration um, that uh, you know the the single fund um, approach, which is um, implicit in the NHI bill as it stands at the moment um, means that the entire uh, health system is basically funded by uh, by tax revenue uh, with whatever mechanism that that tax is sourced it's still uh, dependent on on public funding and uh, for a country in uh, such as ours we're a low middle income country and uh, it's it's really just not a, a a feasible and sustainable way for us to uh, to approach financing healthcare, and it's certainly very risky. So what we need is a collaborative approach to um, implement health reform, where, as I said earlier, we're making the best use of of what we do have. We have a private healthcare system, 
which although there are some inefficiencies in that system, which have been highlighted by the health market inquiry, uh, we, we need to leverage off uh, what is working in the private healthcare system. And I'm sure those of us who are fortunate enough to have access to private healthcare in South Africa will agree that uh, we are very fortunate that we probably have access to one of the best healthcare systems actually in the world when it comes to accessing care in the in the private sector, and um, and we need to to leverage that and uh, and enhance the uh, efficiencies in the private healthcare sector. The health market inquiry did not recommend uh, uh, closing it down or, uh, or or subsuming it into into the public sector, but rather recommended that there should be greater uh, collaboration and integration. And so the way in which the um, NHI bill is constructed should uh, should build on that principle of of collaboration and um, and integration. And certainly in all the uh, inputs into the uh, consultation processes and the public participation processes around the NHI bill that I've been part of, the message has been uh, resoundingly delivered that uh, that we we simply, need to to make provision and make space for that cooperation and collaboration. The NHI fund as an entity will be a valuable uh, uh, mechanism for us to achieve public-private partnerships in, in healthcare delivery, but we need to make the space for that cooperation and collaboration rather than uh, pursuing this uh, uh, single fund approach, which is very risky and also uh, unlikely to deliver comprehensive benefits in the same way that a collaborative approach uh, has a better chance of doing. So um, that I think is is is, is the the challenge. You know, there there's this vision of a single fund where all the resources will be, but like you say, there's a great risk in that. It's um, from a budget perspective and from a contribution perspective, taxpayers in South Africa is to fund that So how is Discovery getting involved in the process in getting the NHI reform uh, aligned? And how will your institutional business processes um, change or remodel to align with the one vision for universal health care in South Africa. Yeah, so we have been um, uh, participating at every opportunity in terms of the uh, deliberations around uh, NHI and and health policy reform, and uh, we've we've certainly tried to contribute as much as we can to uh, all of these uh, uh, processes through. Uh, the data that uh, that we have, the experience uh, that we have, also our our research and our view of of health reform and how that's worked in in other countries, and we've shared that at at every opportunity with the view to building um, a healthcare system that 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 works for uh, for for everyone. I mean, I think there's a lot of anxiety at the moment about what the particularly the provisions of Section 33 of the NHI bill mean. Uh, for for medical scheme members, and and the reality is that uh, that section thirty three doesn't really change anything until this uh, uh, fully implemented, which hasn't been defined, but this fully implemented status of of NHI um, is is achieved. 
So there's no immediate impact on, um, on, on the medical schemes at all. What, what we're most concerned about is the, uh, is the way in which uh, a lot of this kind of negative uh, uh, rhetoric towards the private sector, as well as the, um, the, the contracting provisions in the, in the NHI bill around this single fund approach, um, are very threatening to the private sector. And, um, and as a result, uh, it impacts the sentiment in the sector and, it, uh, and amongst healthcare professionals, particularly, I mean, our doctors are the lifeblood of the healthcare system. They are precious resources that uh, that we need to uh, to encourage in terms of um, our, our our pipeline of training new doctors, as well as as encouraging doctors to stay here in South Africa and contribute to our healthcare system. We have an overall shortage of healthcare professionals. The notion that somehow if we if we pool all the resources, we'll have enough is is completely false. We uh, we we have a, an overall shortage of 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 healthcare. Uh, professionals and um, and so we need to be doing everything we can to uh, 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 to preserve that. So as Discovery, we've been uh, working with uh, with the, the various professional uh, societies to uh, to share information with um, uh, healthcare professionals to to reassure them, to encourage them to be part of building uh, a collaborative healthcare uh, system um, in South Africa. I mean, in terms of the, the the role of medical schemes, as I said, we don't see that uh, changing for 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 quite some time. But by the same token, there are still uh, a number of initiatives that we can implement that uh, that will help to uh, achieve universal health coverage. And uh, and an important component of that is expanding access to uh, to healthcare in a way that is completely consistent with the principles that um, have been espoused in the NHI bill. Um, and, you know, the proposals that the Council for Medical Schemes has been working on around low-cost benefit options that are focused on uh, enhancing primary care coverage and leveraging other funding sources such as employers to, uh, to finance um, primary care for, uh, uh, for lower income earners is a really important component of, um, of universal health coverage. So we have been uh, working hard to support the Council for Medical Schemes in in developing those um, those those proposals, and we're very excited about some of the delivery models that can be and are developing in um, in our market, and which are not just an opportunity for expanding access to the employed and insured, but also actually for contracting with the uh, with the NHI and building um, a a sort of a common contracting framework that. Uh, uh, that then is delivering NHI benefits to everyone. I mean, if we're able to uh, to expand uh, um, access to 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 cover and alleviate the pressure on the on the public sector, everyone benefits from that because then the uh, the the resources in the public sector are are spread amongst uh, amongst fewer people, and uh, and hopefully that will help to uh, to alleviate some of the service delivery pressures and and encourage um, infrastructure. Uh, enhancement in the in the in the public sector, but those are, are real challenges, and we and we need to be working together uh, on those, and that's why uh, we are participating at every opportunity, including in the presidential health compact, which is around uh, uh, building and enhancing the the health the health system. So it certainly is a case that it's a big challenge, and it should be all hands on deck. and And I think the uh, 
the the negative rhetoric is is and the fighting rhetoric is really very unfortunate. It, it's something that we can all pull together and address. You know, when I look at some of the initiatives that are happening in 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 other sectors, like in in power generation, uh, where um, you know we've 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 managed to to get infrastructure investment into the into power generation without having to raise taxes or increase our country's debt burden. That's the approach we need for for healthcare, and we're really ready to uh, to help and and do that. That's the message we've been trying to deliver. I think that um, in our previous podcast recording with uh, Dr. Ne- uh, Professor Nicholas Chris, <clears throat> you know that exactly what you you now said. There there is skill shortages. There is all these challenges, but it's not something that we cannot overcome. Um, the biggest challenge, I think, is um, from the public sector perspective that he highlighted is the division of the budgets, you know, and you have um, all the uh, provincial budgets and the national budget and you have so many um, avenues where abuse and fraud takes place. And this is also a concern for people going forward with the national health system. You know, how are we going to curb that? How will we um, integrate education again under the healthcare budget and get our um, resources educated? Because that's one of the big challenges, you know, after 1994, we decentralized education to the Department of Education for Healthcare Professionals. And we saw that that wasn't um, primary focus for the Department of Education to educate healthcare workers. So um, do you have any insight into how fraud and abuse and these skills improvements will, will be able to develop under the national health system? Yeah, I mean, this challenge around the... Uh, um... You know the fragmentation of the healthcare system because of the uh, 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 the provincial um, role and 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 sort of the the need for coordination and consistency. You know that those are those are important principles in terms of the delivery of of, of healthcare, and it certainly makes sense that there is uh, a better coordination across the country in terms of how we're using our um, our, our healthcare uh, uh, resources. But I think one of the challenges with the way that the NHI bill has been uh, uh, constructed is that it's it's about the funding, right? So um, so what happens is that there are amendments to the National Health Act which shift a whole lot of functions to uh, to the NHI fund and to the National Department of Health away from the provincial health departments. And as you say, coordinating uh, uh, those functions will probably help tremendously in terms of addressing. Uh, some of the issues around um, uh, uh, around fraud and, and and corruption in 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 healthcare, but the challenge is that uh, that if you as soon as you you shift the functions, of course the funding shifts as well. Um, but there needs to be a plan in place in terms of how the services will continue to be uh, uh, continue to be delivered. And our concern is that uh, is that that planning of uh, I mean a massive reorganisation and restructure of the healthcare system. Uh, has just not been uh, uh, set out, you know. When when the uh, when the the bill was passed in 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 Parliament, 
um, there was no mention of of this, you know, issue around uh, how do we how do we actually ensure that there's ongoing uh, uh, service delivery while we uh, uh, undertake this massive reorganisation of of the healthcare system. And you're quite right that it's much more about that actually than it is about um, about medical schemes and and the private and the private health sector. Uh, it's much more about the reorganisation of 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 the um, of the public health sector, um, and 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 that's where there needs to be a lot of focus. I mean, one of the 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 issues that also hasn't been addressed is what happens to uh, you know to the medico legal liabilities that are uh, uh, really making the, uh, the the provincial budgeting a a, a massive challenge. The I mean, that's one of the. Yeah biggest areas of abuse right is that is that the provinces sit with these massive liabilities in respect of uh, these medico legal cases and uh, and the NHI bill doesn't deal with that and and how this this funding shift is going to work and how the provinces are going to be able to even develop the infrastructure that's required for them to then meet accreditation requirements and contract with the NHI fund uh you know that one of the the big uh, uh, gaps in, in in the NHI bill is that there isn't funding for infrastructure. The, the the purchaser provider split means that the NHI fund is purchasing services from healthcare providers, and in the public sector, those healthcare providers may well be under the provinces or under national. But the point is, they're purchasing healthcare services. They're not they're not actually building infrastructure. It's up to the providers to be building that uh, uh, that infrastructure. And so the suggestion that, you know, the money that's going to be uh, uh, put into the NHI fund is, is there to, to build infrastructure is unfortunately not the case. And, uh, and so we need to think quite carefully about how we're going to have the infrastructure to be able to deliver uh, the kind of services um, that, that, are, that are being promised through, through the NHI fund. I, I think that is so true because the current situation should have already um, exposed those gaps. Um, we saw that there has been a dilapidation of infrastructure in the public sector, but purely because the budget for my, uh, maintaining our infrastructure sits with the Department of Works. You know, and, and that is not a priority. They have to also make roads and other infrastructure <laughs> a priority. So, so the, the, there is a big challenge in pulling this together. You're, you're so right. But um, I'm very hopeful if we have like-minded individuals like yourself, Roseanne, that are there and, um, you know, guiding us and, and giving your opinion that, that we will be able to make a success and, and also inviting everybody in the industry to partake. Yeah. And if you don't become a part of the solution, it's a problem then. Yes, exactly, and I mean the, the the there's exciting opportunities on the you know on the table that we can grasp right now. I mean the low cost benefit options, training platforms for healthcare professionals that are supported by the private sector providers. You know in a in a collaborative, uh, in a collaborative way, contracting for capacity. So you know using some of the extra capacity in the in the private sector to address uh, uh, some of the uh, delivery challenges in the public sector. All of these are opportunities that we can use right now to immediately improve access to healthcare for South Africans. And 
you know, I wish that they, the focus could be on 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 getting care to people. I think that's it. if if we can all make that the prize on which we keep our eyes, uh, then I think we will find a way to 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 make things better. Patient at the forefront, you know, this yeah. individual at the end of all this. That is a thing. Think that we do forget that sometimes. But I want to really thank you, Rosanne. Your insights has been so helpful and um, very enlightening. And thank you for answering all our questions. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We would like to thank Professor Razan Harris for joining us for the podcast session today. Thanks to all the listeners, and please keep a look out on the IQVIA LinkedIn Middle East and Africa page for news and future events. You've been listening to the IQVIA podcast. Learn more about how we help our customers and partners accelerate innovation in healthcare at IQVIA.com.